First Sunday of Advent Prayer Psalm 80 Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. You who led Joseph like a flock. You who are enthroned upon the cherubim. Shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stay up your might and come to save us. Turn again, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine, the stock that your right hand planted. But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we'll call on your name. Reading the Word Isaiah 63 For you are our father, though Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not acknowledge us. You, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer, from of old is your name. Why, O Lord, do you make us stray from your ways, and harden our heart, so that we do not fear you? Turn back. For the sake of your servants, for the sake of the tribes, that's your heritage. We have long been like those whom you do not rule, like those not called by your name. Oh, that you will tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains will quake at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned, because you hid yourself we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind. Take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we wear the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Second reading, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you, because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as a testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Gospel, Mark chapter 13 Jesus said, Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cock crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Hearing the word. Prepare for the encounter. This Sunday, we begin a new liturgical year in the life of the church, year B. The year opens with the four Sundays of the Advent season. As the name suggests, Advent is about the preparation for the arrival of our Lord, who is to be welcomed by the faithful. The readings of these four Sundays carry a number of insights and instructions on how to prepare for the Lord's coming and on how to receive Him into the world. The first Sunday of Advent provides us with the first set of such instructions. In the first reading, we hear a prayer of the prophet Isaiah. This poem, in the form of a community lament, is placed in the final part of his book. The prophet speaks in the name of the whole nation and places emphasis on God as its father. For you are our father. You, O Lord, are our father. Though quite common in the New Testament, this designation is rather rare in the Old Testament, where the patriarchs, such as Abraham, are identified as the nation's ancestors and fathers. However, in our passage, the prophet wants to emphasize that the true father of the nation is God himself. He does so by stating that the patriarchs, namely Abraham and Jacob, whose other name is Israel, were not in the nation's true parents. Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not acknowledge us. Rather, it was God who created the nation. You are our father, we are the clay, we are all the work of your hand. Desire for the closeness of God, expressed through the prophet, comes out of the recognition that the nation has lost its connection with its father. The prophet on behalf of the nation, confesses its iniquity and soulfulness. We have all become like one who is unclean. We all fed like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind. Take us away. 
awareness of having broken the covenant with God is accompanied by an intense plea to renew it. Turn back for the sake of your servants, for the sake of the tribes that are your heritage, or that you will tear upon the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence. The cry for a restored presence of God in the midst of his people recalls the experience of God's self-manifestation at Sinai. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down the mountains, quaked at your presence. The prophet, together with the nation, longs for a new beginning to their relationship with God, for a new encounter that would bring about better future for them. In a different way to Isaiah, Paul, in the opening lines of his first letter to the Corinthians, thanks God for shaping the community so that it is not lacking in any spiritual gift. But this does not mean that there were no problems among its members. In fact, the rest of the letter is devoted to dealing with its inner divisions and tensions. However, at the start, Paul focuses on the presence of God's grace as the firm foundation for the life of the Corinthians. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. Grace is a transforming reality in their new life in Christ, which even though not free from difficulties and failures, has tremendous potential for growth, thanks to God's grace working in it. This grace has been given as a seed that needs to take root and be allowed to grow. Therefore, Paul twice refers to strengthening. First, it is the testimony of Christ that has been strengthened among them. Testimony refers to their reception of the gospel message, which Paul has brought and to which he testified. This testimony was the good news about Jesus' sacrifice and its effects for the members of the community. However, testimony also means the challenge to bear witness to Jesus through accepting the logic of the cross and living by Jesus' values. Second, Paul speaks about God's power that will also strengthen you to the end. Here, Paul calls for the attention to the future and the parousia of Christ, the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which the faithful need to prepare for by cooperating with God's grace. They are to look towards the encounter with God and his Son, because by grace they were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In the Gospel, we listen to the words of Jesus pronounced shortly before he was betrayed, tried and crucified. They are, therefore, a kind of testament of Jesus. In this testament, Jesus fervently reminds the disciples to beware, keep alert, keep awake. 
these are appeals to live with keen awareness of the second coming of the Lord, which will take place at an unknown moment. You do not know when the time will come, when the master of the house will come. Two short examples emphasize the necessity of living in full readiness for that encounter. In the context of a man gone on a journey, and therefore absent, his servants are told to be busy, each with his work, and the doorkeeper is to be on the watch. In these examples, Jesus recognizes that in his absence, the disciples and the Christian in general might succumb to weariness and apathy, and like the doorkeeper at night, take a nap. The disciples are admonished to live in attentive waiting and in prayer, as Jesus would repeat in Gethsemane, keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Believers are called to a faithful watchfulness reflected in living responsible and conscientious lives so that the unannounced arrival of the Master will not catch them unprepared. At the beginning of the liturgical year, God's Word points to the basic elements of adequate preparation for His arrival. Those who find themselves in iniquity, similar to the iniquity of Israel at the time of Isaiah, are called to recognize their wrongdoing and take necessary steps towards conversion to God, their true father and goal of life. Those living in grace, such as Christians in Corinth, are called to be persevering and to further strengthen their commitment to the Lord through authentic testimony. Finally, Christians are assured by Jesus about his arrival and warned against falling into spiritual sleep of apathy and neglect, which an ordinary and monotonous life may induce. Such vigilant waiting could be animated by ardent prayer, like the prayer uttered by the psalmist, Give us life and we'll call on your name. Listening to the Word of God The opening of this new liturgical year calls us to prepare for a new encounter with the Lord, whom we call Father. As illustrated by the prophet in the first reading, we acknowledge him as our creator, for we are the work of his hands. In the course of the past year, we may have lost our connectedness with God through our acts of sinfulness, through the use of or abuse of the substances, bullying in schools or places of work, watching and entertaining ourselves with pornographic movies, or not paying attention to our parents or guardians. By falling into such sins, we are rendered unclean in the sight of God. Yet, with deep insight, we long for a new start in our relationship with God and with our friends or neighbors whom we have deserted because of our actions. 
Even though we are broken, we still long for connectedness with God and those around us. Yet often, we do not know where and how to begin the process of conversion, blocked by shame, guilt, or pride. In such situation, St. Paul reminds us that grace is always given to us. Hence, we have the spiritual power to restore our broken relationship with God and with those around us, no matter how much we are wounded and torn by the circumstances of life and abuses at home, school, or places of work. We have daily access to the grace of God deep within us, for which we have to thank God continuously, for he has not abandoned us to the clutches of the devil. St. Paul was certain of that and calls us to be more attentive to the outpouring of God's grace into our lives. It is when we are attentive to God's grace in us that we can be witnesses of Jesus Christ and the gospel values which have the power to transform our lives. In the gospel, Jesus reminds us of the need to be vigilant, for we do not know the hour of his return. This reminder is not limited to the time of his second coming. It is also a call to be always watching for a new encounter with the Lord in our lives, as the liturgical year unfolds. As time goes by, there are moments in which we may feel the absence of God in our lives due to various trials that come our way, and we may succumb to temptation leading us into sin. Yet, being ever ready entails keeping watch over our actions. It means leaving out the gospel values so that the ever-growing trends of consumerism and individualism in our society do not distract us. Jesus calls us to live responsibly and conscientiously as Christians and above all, as his followers. We are conscious of both the grace of God and the reality of sin, both at work in our lives. Then we will seek ways to return to God and to mend our broken relationships with friends or families. We will also be witnesses of Christ as his faithful followers and live life responsibly by living out the gospel values, and by constant prayer in all that we do. Thus, we shall become like the saying among the Nigerians, which states that wood already touched by fire is not hard to set alight. Filled with the outpouring of the grace of God, which is like fire in us, we shall shine and be ever ready to meet the Lord whenever he comes. Wood already touched by fire is not hard to set alight. Action Self-examination Am I afraid of going to church or any Christian gathering because of my sins or improper attitudes? What are the examples of God's grace working in my life? Response to God 
Today I am going to keep a close watch on my actions and identify when God's grace is at work in and through me. I will begin my day with prayers after reading a verse from the Bible. Response to the world As a group, during your prayer session, put a cracked clay pot or cup in the middle. Pour water in it and let each person imagine himself or herself as the cracked clay pot or cup. The water signifies the grace of God and the leaking pot the human brokenness. Then share in the group how your brokenness can become the channel of grace to the world. Lord God, our Creator, You are the source of our life. Grant us the grace never to be ashamed to come to You. Even though we are sinners, help us to realize that You are the only one who can heal and mend our brokenness. We ask this through Christ our Lord.